Hello, my friends, and welcome today to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I'm so happy that you've decided to get up early in the morning and to study the Word of God with me, because we know that man shall not live by bread alone, by breakfast burritos and orange juice and toast, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And those words have been recorded, and we can study them today and find life and nourishment and strength to experience victory in our lives today. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. We want to talk today about the burning heart experience. And I'm not talking about heartburn from having eaten too much pizza or greasy foods. We're talking about a holy and a healthy heartburn. Praise God. Today, I believe you'll feel the burn. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, would illuminate the scriptures, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened to know the truth of your word. We thank you, Father, for the illumination of the eyes of our understanding, for the burn within our hearts pertaining to the knowledge of you in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 24, verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Here we have the two men uh, on the famous road to Emmaus, and this is a very well-known experience that has been preached on many times. I want to bring out a certain subject matter today in regards to this, verse 14, and they talked together of all these things which had happened that's uh, relating to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So it was while they conversed in reason that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now the Lord has already been resurrected, but these two men don't know it. And so they're pondering the crucifixion. They're pondering the man that was to be the king of kings and to be the ruler of Israel was publicly crucified before their very eyes. And so there is disillusionment, there is confusion, and there, there are many unanswered questions. And so they're walking and they're talking seven mile walk. And the Lord draws near and joins the conversation, and the master teacher begins to teach. Now, they're going to walk for seven miles from Jerusalem, going downhill to Emmaus. How long does it take to walk seven miles? Well, you could go fast, medium, or slow. Let's go slow pace, because they're talking. I think the conversation was also pretty weighty. So you don't want to be out of breath, huffing and puffing. You want to be able to casually walk and talk. And that's going to take a little over two hours, actually approximately two hours and 20 minutes to comfortably walk seven miles. So for these two hours and 20 minutes, they're going to cover a lot of territory, not just in the mileage that they're going to walk, but more importantly, they're going to cover a lot. They're going to cover a lot of territory in the scriptures that the Lord is going to scan very quickly for them from the old, what we know as the Old Testament, and is going to open up their understanding. Now let's go to verse twenty-seven. 
This is what took place during the walk. And beginning at Moses, now beginning at Moses would be the first five books of the Bible because they were written by Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Praise God. Those are the first five books. Beginning at Moses. And so he began at the first five books of the Bible and all the prophets. Going into all the prophets. Wow. Not not just Jeremiah, but touching on Zechariah, Malachi. He just he covered the whole spectrum, even the Psalms, because David himself was a prophet. It says he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He expounded the scriptures from Moses all the way through the prophets concerning the things that regarded himself as being the Messiah. Now, this is very interesting. What does it mean to expound? When Jesus expounded the scriptures to these two men, what was he doing? To expound means to unfold the meaning of what is said and to fully explain that meaning. So it's the unfolding of the meaning so that you can step back and say, oh, okay, I see it now. Now you've caused it to blossom my understanding, and I can fully see now what that prophet was talking about. Now I can understand what Moses was speaking of. So Jesus took them through the scriptures. I really believe that in this two-hour and 20-minute walk, I really believe that the Lord took them through every book of the Bible. Now, at that time, they had the complete canon of Scripture known as the Old Testament. The New Testament had not yet been written. So that's 39 books. But I believe that the Lord just did like a panorama, beginning with Genesis. And he began to show in Genesis Scriptures that revealed that he would be the Messiah. And then Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and on and on, all the way up to the book of Malachi. And I want to give you a few examples of how I believe the Lord expounded the scriptures to these two men. One of the men, uh, his name was Cleopas. And so the Lord was talking to them, expounding the scriptures, unfolding the scriptures, and explaining the meaning to them. Here's one, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The Messiah would be the seed of the woman. Genesis 12, the Messiah would be the descendant of Abraham through whom all nations would be blessed. Genesis 22, the Messiah would be a willing sacrifice. Genesis 49:10, the Messiah would be the coming one to whom the scepter belongs. Exodus 12, 1 through 51, I love this, the Messiah would be the Passover lamb. Numbers 21, 6 and 9, this one's remarkable as well. The Messiah would be lifted up. Jesus begins to go through the Bible. Genesis Exodus, sharing scriptures, saying, do you remember that scripture? They would say, yes, that's referring to me. Do you see how I fulfilled it? And they would go, oh, I see it now. And they would say, Jesus, yes, you fulfilled the prophecies, what we would call messianic prophecies. You fulfilled them exactly just like they were foretold by Moses and the prophets. Numbers 24, 17, the Messiah would be the star coming out of Jacob. Deuteronomy 18, the Messiah would be a prophet like Moses. Ruth 4, 4 through 9, the Messiah would be our kinsman redeemer. 2 Samuel 7, the Messiah would be a descendant of David. All of these things fulfilled by Jesus. Psalm 2, the Messiah would be called God's son. 
My goodness. Psalm 16, the Messiah would be resurrected. Psalm 22, the Messiah would be forsaken and pierced. I mean, Psalm 22 is a heavy messianic prophecy. And you read through there, I mean, I mean, it's just amazing what David foresaw. My friends, Jesus is taking these two men on a journey. While they're walking, they're going to Emmaus, but they're taking a, they're taking like a spiritual trip along the same time. And Jesus is just going from book to book, scripture to scripture, expounding those scriptures, opening up those scriptures and saying, do you see how that was talking about me? And the light's coming on, the light's coming on. Psalm 69, the Messiah would be the righteous sufferer. He's explaining to them why he had to suffer. Psalm 110, verses 1 through 4, the Messiah would be greater than David. Praise the Lord. He continues. Psalm 118, the Messiah would be the rejected cornerstone. Psalm 118, 25 through 29, the Messiah would be acclaimed by many. Isaiah 7, 14, the Messiah would be born of a virgin. I mean, these are prophecies that nobody else could fulfill but Jesus. Wow. And he fulfilled every single Old Testament messianic prophecy. He was the fulfillment. He is the Messiah. And he's just taking these two men on this walk on a journey of opening up their understanding. Isaiah, again, Isaiah seven fourteen, the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And so he, he told them, hey, that was me. I was born of a virgin. Is it starting to come together now? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, the Messiah would be the great light. Isaiah 9, the Messiah would be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace. My goodness. How about this one? Isaiah 11, 1 and Isaiah 53, 3, the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. He came from Nazareth. Hey, guys, where was my hometown? Mm -mm. he's walking with these two guys these guys knew all this stuff but it's like putting it together putting it together that's what expounding the scriptures does it's unfolding it opening it up so that you can understand it Isaiah 43 and 5 the Messiah would be preceded by a forerunner Isaiah 42 1 through 6 the Messiah would be a light for the nations of the world not just for the Jews but for the nations of the world Isaiah 52, verses uh, 13 and onward, give an incredible picture of Jesus as the suffering servant. He did all of that. He fulfilled all of that. He talked in detail with these two men, revealing to them that he fulfilled all of these messianic scriptures. Jeremiah 31, 31, the Messiah would bring in a new covenant. Praise the Lord. Daniel 7, 13 through 14, the Messiah would be known as the Son of Man. Daniel chapter 9, the Messiah would come according to a preset timetable. He showed up exactly when the prophet Daniel foretold when he would come on the scene. Hosea 11.1, 1. how about this one? The Messiah would be called out of Egypt. I mean, he's explaining to these two guys, hey, yes, my parents, they took me to Egypt when I was a little child to protect me from Herod. And then they brought me back and I, I settled uh, in Nazareth and so forth. Micah 5, 2, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Hey guys, where was I born at? And they're like, oh my goodness. Woo. Yeah, you were born in Bethlehem. 
Oh, that's right. Yes, you went to you went to Egypt. Yes, that's right. You settled in Nazareth and just on and on and on. Two hours and 20 minutes of expounding of the scriptures by the master teacher himself. Zechariah 9.9, the Messiah would come riding on a colt. Hey, guys, do you remember when I came into Jerusalem? What was I riding on? Lord, you were riding on a colt, just like it says the Messiah would. See, he just keeps going, keeps going. Zechariah 11, the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Hey, fellows, do you remember what Judas did when he betrayed me? How much money did they give him? Oh, Lord, they gave, they gave him 30 pieces of silver. See, it's all opening up. It's been there the whole time. It's been there in the Word all the time. But the Lord comes along during this walk and just begins to expound, open up, reveal, and let their understanding become very, very clear that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Zechariah 12.10, the Messiah would be pierced, and they would look upon the one that they pierced. Oh, there he is on the cross. Hey, guys, remember that? Just a few days ago, there I was, pierced, and you all saw it. Mm. The Messiah would be pierced, and they would look at him. Malachi 3.1, the Messiah would be preceded by a messenger. Several scriptures from the Old Covenant uh, prophesying that. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, the Messiah would be preceded by Elijah the prophet. Now, we know all of that was fulfilled through John the Baptist. Jesus said, if you can receive it, John is Elijah. And there's John with the same spirit, same Holy Spirit on him that rested in the same similar prophetic way up on Elijah 800 years earlier. Now, here's John behaving, acting, preaching in much the same way. Wow. I believe that Jesus took these men on a walk through the Old Testament scriptures, book by book, and by the time they had gotten to Emmaus, these two guys were just like, wow, this, this is absolutely amazing. What took place? What came out of this? Verse 32. Now the Lord has already vanished from their sight because they came to the house where they were staying. They had a, a little meal with the Lord, and during the breaking of bread, the Lord disappeared. He vanished. And verse 32, and they said to one another, because they recognized him during the breaking of bread, they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Wow. What makes your heart burn. Wow. What makes your heart just burn on fire? The revelation of the truth, the revelation of Jesus, the revelation of God. It's like turning on a light and the light comes on and you know the truth. And it's the answers to questions that you have wanted to ask and that you have wanted to know. And so when that begins to happen and the scriptures are opened up, there is an inward burning. Hallelujah. You have a lamp on the inside and it's the lighting of that lamp and that light produces clear direction, confident guidance and awareness that you are on the right path. As the Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light unto my path. And so that produces an inward burning, and you just feel like you're on fire on the inside in a very, very wonderful way. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to illuminate the Scriptures to you, that the Holy Spirit can expound the Scriptures to your understanding, unfold them to you in any area where there may be darkness. And He can come and turn on the light. How do you turn on the light? By receiving revelation of the Word. Every answer you need is in this book somewhere. And the Holy Spirit can illuminate one verse that can change your life, that can answer your most perplexing question, and the next thing you know, you're not in darkness anymore. And when I'm talking about darkness, I'm not even talking about being in sin. You could be in sin, and you're trying to get out. You need light. But you could also be in areas of darkness where you just don't know what to do. You don't know how how to respond. You don't know where to go, okay? In cases like that, there can be illumination inwardly by the Holy Spirit as you study the Word, as you walk with God, there comes the inward illumination of God's will, God's plan for your life as revealed by the Spirit of God through the roadmap of life, the Bible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When's the last time you had heartburn, the right kind of heartburn? Glory to God. May you have it today. Praise the Lord. As you search the scriptures, as you search the scriptures, a two hour and 20 minute walk with God where the scriptures were expounded and opened up to them. Now, I I want to share with you three effects of spiritual heartburn. Praise God. Three effects of the burning heart. Hallelujah. This is going to happen to you. Are you ready today? Three outworkings of the burning heart. It happens in here, but it produces an external effect. Number one, when you have a burning heart, you're going to always want to tell someone because it's too important It's too valuable. It's too good just to hoard it up and keep it to yourself. You feel like you're on fire. Like Jeremiah the prophet, uh, he said, Lord, it's like I'm on, it's like there's fire. Shut up in my bones. I've got to let this out. Yes, you should let it out, or you're going to have some type of internal self combustion. Let it out. It's meant to be shared, it's meant to bless edify, strengthen, and lift up others. So the first effect of a burning heart is that you're going to want to tell someone. And that's exactly what took place to these two men. After they had this encounter with the Lord, they had the burning heart experience of just the light being turned on and their hearts were burning. Verse 33, now remember, they've walked seven miles. They're at the house. Verse 33, after the burning heart experience, they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. Why? It says, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. And they, verse 35, they told the things that had happened on the road. Now, after walking seven miles and having a little bite to eat, 
and then realizing this was the Lord that had expounded the scriptures to them and had just lit their hearts on fire, they said this, they said to themselves, this knowledge is so important that we must leave this hour and go back and tell and tell what we now know to be the truth. See, a burning heart has something of value to share and to say. So they got up and walked seven miles back to Jerusalem. Remember, if you're walking back to Jerusalem, you're walking uphill because Jerusalem is a city on a hill. So if you want a little, here's a little side note. If you want a little checkup on your physical well-being, if you if you're saying, Pastor Stephen, what's a good test that I could do without going to the doctor and spending five thousand dollars? What's a good test that I could do to see if I have a good checkup, good wholesome health in my body? See if you can go walk fourteen miles. Okay, if you can do that, you're probably up to par on all of your physical needs. The very fact that they walk seven miles and took one hour break and walked back seven miles uphill. So they walked, they walked for almost five hours and they covered 14 miles. They covered 14 miles. If you can walk 14 miles in a day or in half a day, my friends, I think you're doing pretty good. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you can't let the Lord bring you into that, praise God. And you start by doing just one mile. Praise God. And before you know it, you'll be at three and then five. And then sometime you can just try it out and go all the way for 14. Praise the Lord. Who knows? Maybe you'll have an Emmaus Road experience too on your journey, on your walk with the Lord. So the number one effect of a burning heart is that you want to tell someone what has been shared with you. What lit you on fire will most likely also light others on fire. It's the same it's the same flame, it's the same Holy Spirit that's lighting the candle. If you lit your candle, it you can be assured it'll light somebody else's as well. It's the same fire. Woo, glory to God. The number two effect of a burning heart is that you position yourself for further revelation. This is very important. Uh, look at verse thirty five. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. Well, here they are again, caught up in another encounter with the risen Christ. He's not appearing in a vision. He is appearing in physical form. This is spectacular. So they have been privileged, these two men, to have two divine encounters in one day. So whenever you have the burning heart and you share that, which is the first point, when you do that, you position yourself, number two, for further revelation. That is the second blessing. So this is what I've learned to do over the years. When God has blessed me, has graced me with divine encounters, with visitations, whether from himself or from angels or experiences where the Lord has caught me up into the third heaven, 
I have endeavored to be faithful to record those experiences, to write those experiences in books, to preach those experiences publicly and tell people what I experienced because it encourages them and blesses them. I tried to be faithful with what I have had. And by being faithful with what God has given me, now I position myself to have more of the same. So if you are faithful with what God has done, then he can give you more. So they told about the encounter they had on the road to Emmaus, and because they were faithful to do that, here they are having another encounter just a few hours later. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you can't steward what you've already had, how could God give you more if you can't handle what you've already had? Praise God. Anytime I have a vision, anytime I have a supernatural experience that I know the message is beyond just for me, it's for the body of Christ, I always try to get that out in one form, whether it's teaching or the printed material, uh, social media, internet, or whatever it might be, because I know it will bless others as well. So, what are the effects of a burning heart? Number one, you want to tell somebody else. Number two, you position yourself by telling others for further revelation for your own experience. So you are positioned now for further revelation. Be faithful to record the great testimonies, the miracles, the encounters that God has allowed you to have. Tell people about it. Give your testimony. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you'll see that others will be blessed as well. And number three, ooh, I like this. The number three effect of a burning heart is you move out of a category that you really don't want to be stuck in. And maybe, maybe there are some that are stuck there. I'm sure there probably are, but you don't want to camp here. You want to move out of this category that Jesus himself identified as the foolish category. You want to move out of the foolish category into the wise category. Verse 25. Now this is before the Lord expounded the scriptures to them, to these two men. He said to them while on that road, verse 25, then he said to them, O foolish ones. I, I, I didn't call them foolish. The Lord did. Wow. I mean, he said, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. I mean, it was right there. It was right there. They've read it. When the Lord is expounding the scriptures, he's not expounding scriptures or bringing up scriptures they've never heard before. They'd heard every single one of them. They knew the messianic prophecies. They knew where the Messiah was going to be born. They had knowledge. How did they know it? Because they could read. They could read what Moses and the prophets said about the coming Messiah. So when the Lord is expounding scriptures, they already knew the scriptures. But the Lord said, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. It's been there. It's written. And the Lord's like, why wouldn't you believe it? Why are you so shocked about all of this? The verse 26, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? In other words, it was all written, shouldn't have happened, just like it said it was going to. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so the third effect of a burning heart is that you move out of the foolish category and you move into the wise category. The more 
of the applied knowledge of God's Word that you possess, the greater your wisdom will be, and you'll never be in that foolish category. Praise God. Now, I call it not just knowledge of the Scriptures, but applied knowledge. You have to take the knowledge and apply it and work it in your life. You have to work the Word, just like you could take a screwdriver or a wrench or, you know, the hammer, and you can do certain jobs with it. You can take scriptures and verses and work it, not just know about it, but take it and work it in your life. Believe it, and you'll see that it will work for you. It's, it's amazing. So the Lord is saying, look, all of this was there, and you just, you, you've seen it, you know it. So I want to talk about it. I want to expound upon it so you can get a better grasp of it. But the scriptures were there. You have to believe them. Praise God. Now, when the lights turned on, it's it's uh, it's very very clear. But even with the light turned on and with full understanding of it, with it unfolded before you, you still have to believe it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? Praise the Lord. One day the Lord will return, just like He said He would. He's coming back, my friends. We need to believe it. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'll believe it when I see it. No, believe now. You don't ever want to be in a category of foolishness, which is, uh, which is associated with just raw unbelief. That's really all it is. I'm just, I know the Word says that. I know the Scripture says that. But I'm just not going to believe it till I see it. That is a category of foolishness. Move into the category of wisdom and apply the knowledge that you have, believe it, act upon it, and you'll be a very, very happy and blessed person. My friends, these are the effects of a burning heart. Praise the Lord. The more of the Word you have on the inside, the more the Holy Spirit can expound and open up. When the Lord Jesus was talking to these two men on the road, he's talking to two men that knew the scriptures very well. But what he's doing is he's shedding light on those scriptures. He's unfolding those scriptures. But if you don't know the scriptures, how can you open up something or expound something that, you, that you're not even aware of? How can you expound on a car to somebody if they don't even know what a car is? How can you expound on a bicycle? If a person has never seen a bicycle, rode a bicycle, they don't even know what a wheel is. So it helps to have knowledge. It helps to have a good grasp of the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit can come and just begin to expound and open up. And what happens? I'll tell you, there's a burning. And the burn is so good that sometimes you... You don't even want to stop. Actually, the only thing that stops you is a physical body. Because I, I've had times where, and I know what, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you're just reading and you're just like, this, this is so good. This is just absolutely incredible. If I could, I would just stay here and continue to soak and meditate and read and study. But eventually, your body just needs a break. 
even your mind needs a break because you're you one of the biggest energy users in your whole brain excuse me in your whole body is your brain your brain uses a lot of energy so outside of your brain and your body uh your spirit could just run all the time because this is phenomenal but you know we're limited in how much we can focus clearly and in how much we can stay alert because these bodies need rest and sleep but my friends that burn though when you're when you're in that flow and that anointing is flowing and and that light is just being turned on by the holy spirit you really do want to stay in that place as much as you can Woo! hallelujah i mean extract all you can out of it when the lord draws near and he's walking with you and he's opening up the scriptures well, you know, hey, you know, uh, we'll fill up with gas later. Uh, we'll make the phone call later. We'll get a pizza later. Let's just keep talking because this is absolutely amazing. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And when the burn is taking place, enjoy it. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. There'll be plenty of time later to get all of your work done. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Father, I pray for every person watching today for a new burn, new illumination, new unveiling of the scriptures. Father, there's many things your people have read, and it's it's beautiful knowledge, but some of it has never had the fire lit. Let the spark turn into a fire, a flame. Let their hearts be engulfed with the revelation of your word, of your goodness, your love, your grace, your power, your beauty, your ability to answer prayer, your ability to save, deliver, heal, and so forth. We thank you. We thank you for the burn today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let us receive holy communion today. Remember the Lord Jesus was revealed to these two men when they broke bread. Praise God. Their hearts were already burning from the teaching. My goodness. And when they broke bread, they realized, oh my goodness, it's Jesus, and he disappeared from their sight. So I believe as we also take communion, that the Holy Spirit grants grants unto us revelation of the life of God, of the Word of God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it, that which we are partaking right now. We're partaking together as a church family, also as ministry friends around the world. We are gathered together. We consecrate this. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Praise God. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now by faith. Oh, we thank you, Father God. Let our hearts be on fire for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the burn. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm mindful of what the Apostle Paul mentioned about the Christians in Berea. He said the Christians in Berea were more noble than the previous village that he had visited earlier. Because he said the Christians in Berea searched the scriptures daily to verify that what Paul was teaching was true. Woo! Pastor Stephen, I want to feel the burn. I want to feel the burn. Okay, here's the fire right here. Woo! This book's on fire. Hallelujah. 
Get in there and let the Holy Spirit just light it. Praise God. He'll light, he'll light the wick of your heart. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness of sins, cleansing of all unrighteousness, and right standing with you through the shed blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the new covenant that has been, that has been sealed by the blood of Jesus. We receive his blood now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My friends, I'm excited to know what lights your fire. God's going to light you up today. Get ready to feel the burn. Have a great day and a great week. See you back real soon. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.